You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. We honor God by carrying ourselves in holy and honorable ways. Learn how we can honor God with our bodies in this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. We've heard last week that when you talk about honor God, honor is really, you know, uh, that which is important. You put weight into something. When you talk about honoring God, you give the proper respect and reverence to God. And how do we honor God? You know, the Westminster uh, Declaration says that the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. That you and I were made to honor Him. And, uh, you know, I believe that it all starts from the heart. Everybody say, from the heart. You know, the honor of God begins from the heart. It begins from the inside of us. And Pastor Jun eloquently tackled that last week. He said that, you know, it all begins from the heart. We all know that our heart is deceitful above all else, according to Jeremiah. And even the wisest man who ever lived, he said this in Proverbs chapter 4, above all else, everybody say, above all else, guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. Say that with me. The wellspring of life. Okay, look at the person beside you and tell that person, Bantayan mo yan, be. Okay? Habib sa kanya yan. Okay? Yeah. Alright. <laughs> Guard your heart. Because it is the wellspring of life. You know, we've seen in the... We've seen in the video about this particular person writing uh, her goals... And some of those goals, you know, he was basically, she was basically asking this question, so how do, how do I live healthy? Have you ever asked yourself that this year as we start in January? How many of you would like to be healthy this whole year? Sickness, you know, I, I declare that, that this is going to be a sickness and accident-free year for me and my family. We made a declaration there. Amen. Praise God. We made a declaration. This is going to be a great year for us. A year of open doors, a year of fresh favor from the Lord, a year of, you know, uh, good health and long life. And, you know, we've declared that. And, you know, many of us are asking, so how, Lord, how do I become healthy? And maybe some of you have made your plans. We've had, you know, as Pastor Edre has mentioned earlier, we've all had a great time in the five-day prayer and fasting. Amen? And that was a good, very good kickoff for the year, a very good way to, a way to start the reason why we fast is not because you want to sacrifice so that we can be accepted by God. How many of you know that we have been accepted by the Lord Himself already because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross? But the reason why we fast is because we want to humble ourselves before the Lord and say, God, we can't do this here apart from Your grace. We cannot do this here without You. We acknowledge Your presence in our lives and we're asking You to align our will with your will. That is exactly what we're you know, praying for. You know, it's not because you want to twist the arms of God and say, Lord, I'm going to fast so you can answer my prayers. Because how many of you know that even without fasting, God answers our prayers? Amen. But there are benefits of fasting. There are great benefits of fasting. You know, I believe that, you know, aside from the fact that we gathered together, last Friday was one of the most epic prayer meetings ever that we've had in this church. I mean, everybody was, I thought we were going to blow off the roof from this mall, okay? And we were all dancing, you know, it's okay to dance, you know, you lose your dignity before the Lord, and you know, the pastors were here in front, you know, for those of you who missed that, there's always an extra. But anyway, 
So we, we just enjoy the presence of God last Friday. And, but one of the great things about fasting, aside from gathering together in corporate worship and prayer, is that you know, fasting you know, not only has spiritual benefits, but has its own physical benefits as well. Right? It's a good time to be cleansed from all the toxins that we ate last Christmas. And so, you know, once a year we do this. You know, we have a, we have a long fast, a beginning of the year, another uh, uh, three-day fast in the middle of the year. So we do hope that if you have not joined us for the five-day fast, we hope that you can join us for the uh, three-day fast uh, this coming June. And so I believe that all of you are really raring to go to start this year running and um, to start this year healthy. Maybe some of you have written your faith goals. How many of you have written your faith goals? And there's a lot of faith goals that we have. Some of you have actually written some physical health faith goals. To lose 10 pounds or whatever, okay? <laughs> you know, if you say, uh, you know, like that, what that video said, uh, go to the gym or maybe run a race. You know, if you plan to go to the gym, don't go there yet. It's still full. Okay, wait till the thirtieth of third week of January. After that, it will dissipate. Okay, the initial response of you know wanting to go to the gym will eventually dissipate. Then that's the time to enroll in a gym before February. All right, I'd like to invite everyone to stand, and we're going to be reading from First Corinthians, chapter six. Uh, we only have three verses this uh, this afternoon. So I'd like to invite everyone to read along with me. We're going to be reading from ESV. What is ESV again? Essentials of Victory. All right, very good. Uh, okay, ESV version, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 to 20. Ready? We're going to be reading in unison. Ready? One, two, three. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for your, Lord, your grace as we... Start this year, Lord God, wanting to serve you and honor you. Lord, another way of really honoring you from the heart, Lord God, comes externally, Lord God, which is using our bodies to glorify and honor you. Lord, give us a proper understanding how we can honor you and the reason why we need to honor you with our body. We thank you, Lord God, that you will change mindsets this afternoon, break yokes and chains. I thank you that you will transform lives Lord, we thank you for your word. Bless everyone. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know you better so that we can honor you and bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. Praise God. You look excited this evening, this afternoon. Okay. You know, one of the things about this particular book in... uh, Corinthians, when the Apostle Paul was writing this book, he was actually writing this book from Ephesus. And Corinth was a Greek city, one of the more influential cities uh, that the the Greek civilization had. Unfortunately, because of a battle between the Greeks and the Romans, 
this particular city in Corinth was destroyed at about maybe 180-something B.C., before the birth of Christ, and eventually was, you know, because of the conquest of the Roman, very strong Roman army, and um, it was eventually rebuilt at about 80 plus uh, B.C., and it became under the Roman colony. And so, uh, one of the things that is uh, describing this particular city, it is a port city. It is uh, one of those who are in, you know, uh, merchant ships would actually dock. And you know that every time there's a port city, there are different kinds of cultures and nationalities coming. And because of that particular situation, uh, it was also not only to be a progressive city, but also a hedonistic city. That it opened the, the door for um, sexuality and immorality to really uh, become unhindered because, you know, you know, maybe some sailors are going to come in or, you know, some merchants are going to come in and they would actually engage in immoral acts, uh, you know, with, with the people in that particular land. And this was the rampant culture uh, at that time when the Apostle Paul was writing this letter. And so somehow that was the prevalent culture among, uh, among, the, among the Corinthians, uh, those who are outside the church. And he saw also some of these things sipping into the church. You know, if you look at the book of Corinthians, you know, how, how many books of Corinthians are there? First and Second Corinthians. There are two books that the Apostle Paul has written. And the first book mainly was talking about, he was addressing some of the major issues that the church is facing. First was a division in the church. And he was talking about sometimes, you know, somehow, somehow how, how, excuse me, how uh, lawsuits have actually uh, arisen among the believers and the, there were divisions happening in the church. And we all know that a house divided against itself will not stand, that unity is uh, imperative in, in order for uh, every church or organization to grow. And so he used pictures like, you know, we belong to one body. And that, you know, though we're one body, we, we have different parts. And so he used a picture of, you know, can the eye say to the ear, I don't need you? Or can the hand say to the feet, I don't need you? And so he was, you know, basically breaking down this mindset of we are more special than some other people in the church. And so that was one of the major issues addressed in that book. Another thing is the religious practice. He talked about, uh, you know, uh, food sacrifice to idol and uh, the Lord's Supper, communion. And he also talked about uh, resurrection from the dead. But one of the major things or highlights about this book is this issue of sexual immorality. He addressed something about relationships and about marriage, but yet he was particularly talking about sexual immorality. And, and I believe that that particular concern that the Apostle Paul had back 2,000 years ago is maybe the same kind of concern that we're facing even in the 21st century. And we don't have to go far. We don't have to go outside of the Philippines. Yes, I know that there are so many different cultures that have brought in this free mindset or open, uh, open mindset and free thinking okay, about being open to uh, your sexuality. But somehow what's alarming is that here in the Philippines, we see that there is a growing rate of sexual promiscuity and immorality happening right here in our own land. And it says that one in three Filipino youth aged 15 to 24 has engaged in premarital sex. In fact, 
this particular picture is a picture of young teenage women that are pregnant, lining themselves up to be, you know, to be checked in a clinic that's uh, offering services for, for uh, teenage pregnancies. And what a sad reality that even in our culture, which is supposedly conservative, how many of you know that the Filipinos is known to be like a conservative culture? Maria Clara culture. How many of you young people still know who Maria Clara is? Hindi nyo nakilala si Maria Clara? Okay. Siya yung isang brand ng ano, di ba? Anyway, yun na lang yung kilala eh, no? And, you know, we're known to be the only Christian nation in Asia. We're known to be, you know, um, you know where grow, churches are growing. And yet, somehow in our society, this is now becoming prevalent. What a sad and alarming news. The Bible clearly says that the body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. We have a body given to us by God to honor Him. How many of you have brought your bodies here tonight in the church? You did not leave them in your house. Right? We have one body. And the body that we have is to be taken care of. The body that we have is to be used for us to be able to glorify and honor God in whatever it is that He has called us to do. You may be an athlete and you're you're supposed to use your body to glorify Him. If you're an actor or an actress, you're supposed to use your body to glorify Him. If you're a singer, you use your voice and your body to glorify Him. If you're an accountant, you use your brain, your eyes, your hands to glorify Him. If you are a call center uh, you know, employee, you use your ears and your big smile while the other line is just shouting at you, Hello, God bless you. <laughs> To glorify the Lord, and so on and so forth. Students, you know, I believe that God has given you brains. Amen. It's not slightly used. Amen. To glorify the Lord. We use our brain to glorify the Lord. And so on and so forth. But yet, one of the major issues that is somehow, you know, being raised as a concern by, by Paul is really this issue of immorality because one of the uh, mindsets that the Corinthians had was this idea of Gnosticism. That somehow they believe that the spirit is good, but anything that is physical is bad. That, you know, when you talk about the spirit of God, yeah, that's a good thing. If you talk about, you know, uh, being a Christian, yeah, that's a good thing. If you talk about faith, it's a good thing. But anything that is a matter or physical, like our body, this is meant to die. This is evil intrinsically evil and so that's how they view it so they're saying it's natural for this body to go ahead and sin anyway our spirit will be saved anyway so that was a wrong mindset but the apostle paul is correcting that mindset because you know no 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 you cannot dichotomize or separate your body from your spirit hello how many of you know they always go together wherever you go you don't leave your spirit behind right you know, you don't have an out-of-body experience every day. It, it's, you know, it's there. It's intact. You know, my spirit is here, hopefully, you know. Spirit, soul, and body. It's all here intact, you know, right before you. Okay? That's why we need to, you know, understand that God called us to honor Him through our bodies. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, it says, 
For we must all appear before the what? The judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done where? In the body. It didn't say in the spirit. It didn't say in the faith. It said what you did in the body, whether good or evil. Guess what? How many of you are going to heaven? Because of what Jesus Christ did. Amen. It's not because of our righteous as that we're going to heaven. Amen. We receive this mercy because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And yet, we're still going to give an account. Every one of us. For what we do. With this body. We need to take care of this body. You know, what a fearful thing. You know, God will give a reward for those who took care of their bodies. And maybe, you know, a demerit. For those who did not, I'd like to answer two things tonight as we talk about honoring God with our bodies. Why do we need to honor God with your body? And second uh, question is, how do we honor God with our body? First is, why? Everybody say, why? First is, because God dwells in your body. God dwells in us. God lives in us. You know, He is not a guest. He is not a hotel guest that checks in our body and then moves on because he does not like the service. He chooses our body as his dwelling place, as his abode, as his temple. You know, that is one of the things that is amazing. You know, if you go back to the story of creation in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Somebody asked this question. If God created the heavens at the beginning, then where did God live before He created the heavens? Because God is living in heaven, in heaven right now, right? You know what? You know, that is a misunderstanding of who God is because God is not bound by space or time or place. God is, you know, a supernatural being and He is the one who created time and space, and place. He's the one who actually made a design for heaven and the foundation of the earth. But yet, what is amazing for me is this. Though He lives in heaven, He chose to live in human vessels, imperfect, broken, just like you and me. Look at the person beside you and tell that person, you are the home of the Holy Spirit. I hope we can get that to our hearts, that we are this particular body. You know, you may not be happy with your particular body right now, but that is the home, the temple of the Holy Spirit. We read that in verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple within you, whom you have from God? You know, we talked about this in the previous uh, series, B.C., that when Jesus Christ, apart from His name being Jesus, the Lord saves, His name is also Emmanuel, which means what? God is with us. And Jesus gave a promise when He went to the Father, Lo, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. And how many of you know that God fulfilled, or Jesus fulfilled His promise to us? Not only is He with us, He is in us. Can you imagine that? 
I mean, that's the power of the church that individually, as Christians, as believers, He lives inside your body and mine. And collectively, as a church, in 1 Corinthians 3, He lives, this is the temple. Collectively, we are called the church, ecclesia, called out once. That's why the Bible says, you know, He inhabits the praises of His people. But yet, individually, tomorrow, when you go back to work, when you go back to that bank, when you go back to that call center, when you go back to that restaurant, when you go back to Jollibee or McDonald's, wherever it is you're working, you know, students, when you go back to your school, excited to see your teachers, to take the exam, you know, I'm just declaring it by faith, okay? You know, uh, you know when you're, wherever you're going, today it's nice. We're gathered here. It's encouraging. You know, it's fun. You know, we sense the presence of God. But when you go tomorrow to your work, you feel like, oh no, it's wilderness experience again. I feel like I'm in the graveyard. You know, from the Garden of Eden to the graveyard tomorrow. Don't despair. The presence of God is with you. You bring the presence of God everywhere you go. Come on now. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I mean, that's, that's how God designed this body to be. Can you imagine? He was describing this. The, the, the psalmist in Psalm 139 is describing this, and he could not get over it. You know, you knew me. You saw my unformed body. You knew me from my mother's womb. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, every detail that I have in my life was made by your very hand. Can you imagine that? Look at the person beside you and tell the person, you are fearfully made. What's that in Tagalog? Nakakatakot ka. Yan. Naginawa ni Lord. You know, I was using the analogy of, you know, if you own a watch, for example, that comes from Switzerland, it's one of the most, I guess, the, one of the finest watches from, in the world come from. Whether it's a Rolex watch, an Omega, or whatever, okay? You know, every part, every detail of that watch has been carefully handcrafted and engineered to per, almost to perfection. And yet, that is nothing compared to how God designed the human body. Amen. Praise God. I mean, that's, that's who we are. And yet, if we don't take care of this only one body that we have, you know, how can we actually glorify God using this body? If anyone, in verse 17, if anyone destroys God's temple... God will what? It's so hard to read that statement. God will destroy him. For, you, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. You know the reason why you and I are holy? It's not just because you are special or your brown skin or your this. It's because God dwells in you. You are holy because God lives inside each and every believer's heart. That is what makes us holy. Amen? You know, sometimes it's because of wrong mindset, the reason why we don't see the essence of God's temple. You know, as a young Catholic boy growing up, I was so religious. I even, you know, I grew up uh, living in Tahanan Village, and as I shared this maybe before, you know, I was a very young, passionate altar boy. When I was young, you know, I'm a member of the Dominic Savio Club, you know, and uh, 
you know, we would serve in the mass and we would actually serve, you know. Somehow we know that in the center of the tabernacle, that's the presence of God. But yet, when you're far away from that particular area, you can do anything you want. You know, God does not see me. You know, it's as if, that, for example, the reason why sometimes when you pass by a place of worship, what do you do? You do a sign of the cross as an act of reverence and worship, right? But when you drive far away, you know that, oh, God is no longer here. God is no longer in my office. God is no longer in the club. God is no longer in disco. Or maybe the young people don't know what disco is. God is no longer in the club, okay? Balik sa club, you know? Or in the bar. You know, we, we, we have a wrong mindset about the presence of God. But God is everywhere. He does not live in temples built by human hands. He lives in us. Because we have been washed. We were sanctified. We were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. Why do we need to honor God in our, with our bodies? Because God dwells. Everybody say, God dwells in me. Second, God owns. God owns our body. This is not ours. We are borrowing it. Amen. You know, in, uh, in verse 19, it says, You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. And do you know what Jesus used? as a negotiable instrument to purchase this body of ours, His very own body on the cross. When He was hanging on that cross and He was dying and He was beaten and bruised and broken and because of His blood, you know, given us a sacrifice, He bought us and redeemed us for Himself. You know, more about that. Later. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3, it says, The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights. And this is now in the perspective between couples. By the way, next month will be a special month. It's a month of, um, uh, of course, February is the month of love. And normally, in, uh, during February, we have a special series on relationships. And the topic of our series next month is Uncensored. That's going to be an interesting preaching. That's why, you know, we're going to be talking about sexuality. We're going to talk about relationship. We're going to talk about, you know, man and woman and husband and wife. But, you know, what the, but, you know we're going to be focusing on that in detail next month. But this particular verse talks about, um, you know, the relationship between a husband and a wife that even their own body does not belong to themselves anymore. And it says, the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Because God has joined them together, right? In Genesis 2.24, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh, right? There's a joining together. There's now a, you know, in other words, I, I can, I'm not my own. That's why in verse 5 it says, Do not deprive each other. And it's talking about sexual relationships. Do not dis- deprive each other except by mutual consent. 
and by prayer. But then after a short time, everybody say short time. After a short time, come together. Lest you be tempted by Satan because of your lack of self-control. You know, the Bible is not apologetic in talking about sex. Did the pastor actually say that word in church? Did he say the S word? We need to talk about this thing in church. We hear this so often outside the church. You know, the media has their opinion about sex. You know, internet has their opinion about sex. I believe the Word of God has its final authority over sexuality and marriage. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to give the Lord praise. Don't get me wrong. God is not a killjoy. Because you might think, Pastor naman eh, killjoy. Hindi mag-enjoy sa sex eh. You know, I want to just be honest with you. As a married man, I enjoy it. I'm going to say that. Because Sex is a gift from God. And we should not be apologetic in talking about sex. That's why, you know, if you have children here, by the way, uh, you know, I want to encourage you to put your children in kids' church the whole month of February because it's going to be a no-holds-barred preaching, uncensored, okay? Lest you cover the ears of your children. Don't listen to what the pastor is saying! Sex is fun in the confines of marriage. Only in the confines of marriage itself. Sex is great. Sex is to be enjoyed. Sex is a gift from God. Only in that particular situation is sex allowed. Amen? More of this in February. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10 talks about always carrying in the body of the, de- in the, the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our bodies. You know, we remind ourselves that this body has been bought with a price. Somebody died so that this body can live. And I always carry in my body the remembrance of the cross of Christ so that as I live my life on a daily basis, as I engage with relationships in my life, you know, particularly the singles, let me just tell you this, there is hope. God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. But now, we tackle, how do you honor God with your body? It's very simple. Two things. We will... You basically draw it from the scripture. First is be holy. Everybody say be holy. In verse 18, it says, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexuality, uh, the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. 
That's why the Apostle Paul is saying, flee. Everybody say, flee. What does flee mean? To run from, not to run to. You know, that's, you know those are two different directions, right? Sabi mo, pastor, run eh. No, no, no. You know, run from, not run to. The, you know, Joseph ran from Potiphar's wife. When he was tempted every day, Potiphar's wife was tempting him, come Joseph, sleep with me. You know, he's probably lovely. I don't know. He's prob- she's probably, you know, beautiful because of all the money she had. You know, Joseph was given the authority over the household affairs except for food that the, Potiphar, the Potiphar will eat. And that includes maybe the wife. But yet, Joseph, because of the fear of God, chose to run away and flee from that particular temptation. You know, we need to run away. You know, every sin that a person commits outside is done outside. For example, if you lie, that's a sin outside the body. You know, theft is outside the body. Unforgiveness is outside the body. You know, slander is outside the body. But sexual immorality is not outside anymore. It's inside. You do it to yourself. That's inside. There's an internal damage that is done to you. And when you talk about sex, sex is not just a physical act, by the way. It is a spiritual act. There's a oneness and a, con- you know, there's a connection that happens every time there is sex. That's why in the Bible, in uh, Genesis chapter 4, when the Bible says, Then Adam knew his wife. It was referring to his, you know, uh, uh, yes, <laughs> referring to the, the act itself. He knew, because it is more than a physical activity. You know, sex is not just, you cannot compare sex to eating. I know that, you know, when you eat, it, you know, it gives you a high, oh, wow, this lechonkawale is, wow, fantastic. Oh, thank you, Lord, right? Or maybe, you know. It gives you a natural high, but you know, sex is not like that. When you engage in sex, it's a spiritual activity, especially when you do it with your own spouse. There is something that is bonded between the two of you. That's why anything that is done outside of marriage is immoral. You know, there are two people that the Apostle Paul was describing First is the sexually immoral. He calls it pornoi. Everybody say pornoi. This is where we get the word porn. These are the people who engages in who engage in sexual act before marriage, premarital act, premarital sex. And the second group of people he's describing is the adulterers. Everybody say moi choi. Greek, but parang Chinese word Anyway. Moi choi. Moi choi basically refers to the act of people, you know, done with outside marriage. You're married, and yet you're doing it outside your married covenant, marriage covenant. Within the marriage covenant, it is great. Outside of the marriage covenant, it is sin. I'm married, pastor, I can have sex. Only with your spouse. Anytime. Yes, anytime. Right? 
anytime, anywhere. Not in church, by the way. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Get a room, get a room, okay? But you, you see how I can just freely talk about this? We got to change our mindset about this topic. We've gotten to this point already that when you say sex, it's already dirty because of how it was taught us or brought to us. But God is the initiator of sex. It becomes immoral when it is abused and not put in the right context and right purpose. Let me move on. We have the whole month of February to talk about this. We honor God with our speech and our tongue. How many of you have a tongue? Yes. How many of you use your tongue? Hopefully for good things, right? And you know, it's a part of our body that James described as one that is so hard to tame. It's just so hard to tame. You know, you can tame horses, you can tame dogs, but it's hard to tame the tongue. That's why in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that is, that it may benefit those who listen. You know what Jesus said? We will give an account for every careless word spoken. That's why we need to be careful how we use the tongue. As we open up our mouth, may it be honoring to the Lord. Whatever words that will come out of this tongue and this mouth. The problem is, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth will speak. We need to check what's inside the heart. And what is related to that really is the thought life. Whatever you put in your mind really will eventually come out from your mouth. What you meditate on. That's why we say, you know, we encourage you to always meditate on the Word of God day and night because that's good stuff. That's the pure, unadulterated Word of God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, Finally, everybody say, Finally. Finally, closing the pastor. Finally. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Other than that, don't think about those things. What do you read? What do you watch? What do you meditate on? What do you put your mind into? Make sure that it's all about this, the truth, noble, right, so on, and so forth. Ephesians 5, uh, 3 says, But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. I'd like to skip some of, skip some of the verses. Second point is be healthy. Everybody say, be healthy. Uh-oh. Know the person beside you. Uh-oh. <laughs> First, how do we honor God with our body? Be holy? That's tough. That's tough. Can that really be done, Pastor? By the grace of God. By the grace of God. How can we flee from immorality in this day and age of, you know, pure sexual assault? By the grace of God. You know, before I go to this particular topic of health, um, I shared in the 
services in Akasha, you know, when, when I met Shirley in the review school, we were both uh, studying for uh, accounting board exams. And that's where we met. And after the board exam, we took the board and we worked together. God somehow brought us together and we developed a uh, love interest, a mutual understanding. M-U. Mag-un. I like her. She liked me back. Ultimately, I proposed to her. We were about 21 years old when we got engaged. I remember September 1989 was my proposal. And she said yes. And we decided we're going to get married in six months. February of 1990, we're going to tie the knot and we're going to get married. But you know how it is. When you have a relationship with the opposite sex, there's a lot of temptations, right? You become close. It's like a glue that God puts there. And it's so hard to let go. But we set a standard and we said we're going to honor God even in this relationship. And I made a covenant before the Lord that when the, the, the minister says, you may now kiss the bride. And I remember uh, February of uh, 1990 when Pastor Steve Merle finally said, as he made the proclamation of our, of our wedding, he said, you may now kiss the bride. That was the first time I actually kissed my wife on the lips. We got married as virgins. The first time we did it was on our honeymoon night. And it was glorious. (laughs) (laughs) Si pastor old-fashioned pala to? I don't think so. Because now I'm married, I'm enjoying it. But yet, I stand before a holy God who talks about flee from youthful lust. Can it be done? Yes. It's hard, but yes. By the grace of God, yes. Apart from God's grace, I would have not done that. But I thank God for His grace. Now for those of you who are now hearing this for the first time and say, Oh, wow. I missed it. How I wish. Don't miss a sleep over that. The Bible says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Amen. From this day on, I declare every single that is here, you are virgins in the eyes of God. May this time be a time of purity and holiness before you and your Maker. And let that be a covenant between you and God. That you will wait till the day you get married. You wait long, wait long. Before you enjoy once again the gift of God. I don't want anyone here to leave this place condemned and you know feeling bad, you know, I missed it, you know, I blew it. You know, all of us did a lot of crazy things before we became Christians. It just so happened that that is not one of those things that I did. But yet, before God, I am not perfect as well, and I'm not pure, 
but because of the finished work of Christ on the cross, He made me a new creation. He made me pure and holy before Himself. Amen? Just us, the rest of us. I want to I end with this particular thought. Be healthy. It talks about stewardship. We need to take care of our body. Amen? We only have one body. And I realize that people are investing heavily in finances, trying to stop the aging process. You know, there's a lot of medicines and a lot of clinics out there. There's a lot of, you know, um, whatever branch of medicine that they want to engage in in order for them to stop the aging. But guess what? No matter how much you spend to stop the aging process, you cannot stop the aging process. You can slow it down a bit, but you can never stop it. Ultimately, what God has called us to do is to take care of our bodies. Amen? No vices. Ito na naman si Pastor. Smoking yan, mga drinking. And maybe some of you are asking, so Pastor, are you saying if I'm smoking, I'm going to hell? I'm not saying that. You may not go to hell, but you sure smell you came from hell if you smoke. <laughs> Exercise. Eat. Eat. Magaling tayo dyan. <laughs> Eat the right thing. Sleep. We need rest. We need proper balance. You know, Pastor Johnson was a triathlete. But one of the things that he may have been missed is the sleeping side of things. It brought so much pressure, I guess. So we need to ask the Lord to help us. You know, According to Health Facts, cardiovascular disease or CVD is now the most common cause of death worldwide. Before 1900, it's the infectious disease and malnutrition that were the most common causes. And CVD was responsible for less than 10%. Now it's more than 30% of deaths worldwide. The three main risk factors are what? Smoking, cholesterol, and hypertension. Brought about by these factors. Smoking, tobacco, you have physical inactivity, you call it what? Couch potato. Can you imagine the, the thing that we do now in our offices? We sit the whole day. For eight hours, we sit in front of the computer, you know, doing what we're called to do. And then the only time you stand up is when you go to the bathroom or when you go to the canteen to eat and then you go back there. I hope that you're working. You know, many times you use Facebook you know, in your activity. And then you go back home. And what you do is you watch TV the whole night, right? And then you use all this remote control. You know, I was thankful to the, you know, that when it, you know, it was in the 70s, there's no remote control. You have to turn the dial in order to change the channel, right? You have to stand up from your couch and go to your TV and say, tak, 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 tak. Change channel. And then when you go back, it's commercial again. Then you stand up again. And then, at least you're standing. Hello. But now, the young people are looking at me like, what, what is he talking about? Anyway, now it's remote control. Everybody, you know, do fist bump right now. Yes. Everybody, everybody do this, okay? Raise your hands. Yes. Do like that. Yes. At least have some activity right now. Okay. That's it for the day, okay? Okay. At least you exercise during... The preaching time, yes, all right. Lipid levels, you know, uh, hypertension, and so on and so forth. Obesity, diabetes. In other words, this is the only body that we have. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
I want to make it light in a sense, but yet it is a serious thing that we need to do. We need to take care of our bodies. I thank God we had a five-day fast. It gave me uh, you know, a chance for me to be able to jumpstart this year to a better health. You know, we need to keep the ha- Sabbath holy as well. We need to rest. Look at the person beside you and tell the person, rest. Rest. Okay? Some of you are saying, yes, I'm always resting. I have no job. Okay? <laughs> I'm not talking about it in a, in, a future, in a future sermon, okay? The whole summary of this is, verse 20, it says, Glorify God in your body. In NIV says, Honor God with your body. We honor God with our body by what? Living a holy and healthy life. I'd like to ask the music team to join me here on stage. I want to end by saying this scripture, First Thessalonians chapter 5, 23. Now may the the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can we bow our heads right now? We hope you were inspired by that message. Begin the new year right by staying updated with our schedules and events. Make sure you have the Victory Alabang app on your mobile devices. Thank you and stay connected.